This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to a special 11-part series where, over the next 11 episodes, I'm going to go into the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and add the new requirement for root cause analysis. All of these episodes will be based upon my new book, The Complete Compliance Handbook, which is released May 21 on Amazon.com. The Complete Compliance Handbook incorporates the most recent pronouncements from the Department of Justice, including the 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs and the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy to provide you the most up-to-date advice on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. In this single volume, I bring together the top ideas, topics, and techniques that you can incorporate into your compliance program literally in 31 days to more fully operationalize your compliance regime. If you want one volume to guide you in operationalizing compliance, this book is it. The book is designed to provide you with a step-by-step guide to the design, creation, and implementation of a compliance program. It begins with 31 days to a more effective compliance program. Each entry for this first chapter provides you one thing you can accomplish at little or no cost to improve any level of a compliance program. There are three key takeaways for each entry. This final chapter of the book goes through the same process for you to operationalize your compliance program. In between these bookends, the Complete Compliance Handbook features chapters on operationalizing compliance through HR, the role of the Board of Directors in compliance, 360 degrees of communication in compliance, better third-party risk management, reporting and investigations, internal controls, innovation in compliance, written standards, and more effective compliance for business ventures. Also, continuous improvement. If you want one book, which is the single standard on best practices compliance program, this is the book for you. Once again, it's available on Amazon.com. Also, if you'd like an autographed copy, you can purchase one from my site, www.fcpacompliancereport.com, and I will mail it to you. This is Tom Fox. I hope you enjoy today's Hallmark. Thank you for listening. Hallmark 10, Mergers and Acquisitions. Of course, mergers and acquisitions are broken down into two parts, post-acquisition, me, pre-acquisition and post-acquisition. So in the context of M&A under the FCPA, it is near a perfect example of the well-known Howard Sklar maxim that water is wet, when in the 2012 FCPA guidance it stated, Mergers and acquisitions present both risks and opportunity. A company that does not perform adequate FCPA due diligence prior to a merger or acquisition may face both legal and business risks. Perhaps most commonly, inadequate due diligence can allow a course of bribery to continue. With all the attendant harms to a business's profitability and reputation, as well as potential civil and criminal liability. While most compliance practitioners have long been aware of the requirement in the post-acquisition context, the the 2012 FCPA guidance made many compliance practitioners understand for the first time the need to engage in robust pre-acquisition due diligence. Why is this important? Well, first, uh, let's destroy the myth of springing liability, which is somehow you can buy an FCPA violation. This occurs when a company... Uh, prior to acquisition and previously not subject to the FCPA uh, is bought by a U.S. company or other company subject to the FCPA, and then that company engages in bribery and corruption 
which causes a liability to occur. You're not going to be uh, penalized or sanctioned for the criminal conduct of the then uh, or former target after you acquire them. The problem is, after you acquire them, it is no longer they who are engaging in bribery and corruption. It is now you who are engaging in bribery and corruption because they're a part of you. So under uh, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs under the topic mergers and acquisitions, there are a series of questions tied to pre- and post-acquisition conduct. So in the pre-acquisition, was the misconduct or risk of misconduct identified during due diligence? Who conducted the risk review for the acquired legal, excuse me, acquired merged entities and how was it done and how was how has your M&A due diligence process been? Under the process for connecting pre-acquisition to post-acquisition, there are the following questions. What was the company's process for tracking and remediating misconduct or misconduct risks identified during the due diligence process? What has been the co- company's process for implementing compliance policies and procedures at the new entity? Both the, uh, or rather in the pre-acquisition phase, such an early assessment will inform the transaction research and evaluation phases. This would include an objective view of the risks faced and the level of risk exposure, including best-case and worst-case scenarios. A pre-acquisition risk assessment can also be used as a lens through which to view the feasibility of a long-term business strategy and certainly help to evaluate or value the potential target. The next step is to develop a pre-acquisition risk assessment as a base document. From this document, you should be able to prepare a series of focused questions and requests to the uh, target company and you can uh, engage in more direct and in-depth due diligence. Certainly, you want to collect documents, obtain the list of sales going back over five years. There's a list of uh, persons you want to interview. Obviously, this could include the CEO, the CFO, the CCO, any other key salesman. If there are third parties involved with the uh, target, you need to take a look at uh, the due diligence which has been performed on them. All of that will inform your post-acquisition integration plan. There are a couple of uh, key concepts to get through at this point or uh, evaluate at this point. First of all, it all starts with safe harbor. Safe harbor happens when you integrate through training and integration of the acquired company into your compliance regime, perform a full forensic audit, and then turn over the results of any nefarious conduct or at least FCPA violative conduct to the Department of Justice within 18 months. That's a fairly robust time frame, but uh, this is what the Department of Justice has laid out. This came to us not only in the FCPA 2012 FCPA guidance, but through three other pieces of information. These included the Johnson & Johnson Deferred Prosecution Agreement, the Data Systems and Solution LLC DPA, and finally, Opinion Release 0802, which is the Halliburton Opinion Release. Also, in the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, are the following questions. How has the compliance function been integrated into the merger acquisition process going forward? So it is uh, really critical that you train the newly required employees, reevaluate third parties under your standards, and conduct a full forensic audit on the new business units. This process should be based on your pre-acquisition due diligence and risk assessment. Moreover, both the DOJ and SEC clearly view the pre- and post-acquisition phases as tied together in a unidimensional continuum. If the pre-acquisition due diligence is not possible, 
you should have you should note the requirements and timeframes laid out in opinion release 0802, the Halliburton opinion release. So, as noted within the 2012 FCPA guidance, pursuant to which companies can nevertheless be rewarded if they choose to conduct thorough post-acquisition FCPA due diligence. When, whenever a compendium of step, whatever compendium of steps you utilize for the post-acquisition integration, care should be taken as soon as practicable. Practicable, but always remember, in addition to the legal reasons, there's certainly a business reason for engaging in robust pre-acquisition due diligence and then post-acquisition integration, forensic audit, and compliance training. Fail, a failed merger and acquisition can destroy a company's market value, destabilize financial positions and credit ratings, impair its strategic provision, and weaken the organizational organization and damage the company's reputation. This is particularly true for failed M&A. One only need consider the Latin node FCPA enforcement actions where the acquiring company had to write off its entire investment. And if you want to move outside the FCPA realm, simply consider the Hewlett-Packard acquisition of autonomy. For a $10 billion acquisition within 18 months, Hewlett-Packard had to write off $8.1 billion of that. So the emphasis on pre-acquisition due diligence has become greater and more critical going forward. It's something that you need to consider as the compliance practitioner. But don't forget, post-acquisition, first of all, safe harbor, Second of all, 18 months time frames. And the third of all, the three steps, integration through training and uh, putting the uh, new company into your compliance program. Two, full forensic audit. And number three, turning over information regarding any uh, violations of the FCPA to the Department of Justice and SEC. Hope you've enjoyed this exploration of Hallmark number 10. And you will check in again for our next episode, which we'll look at a new addition to the requirements set out by the Department of Justice, which is root cause analysis. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this hallmark of an effective compliance program. I hope you will check out my book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. It's available on Amazon.com and on my website, www.fcpacompliancereport.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.